One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, in our ninth broadcast year, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napson. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and I, I did not realize we were nine years old. <laughs> we are, we are, uh, yes, yes, we are in our eighth year, ninth broadcast year. It's weird how numbers work. It's like, are you one or are you zero for a full year? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I'm Jennifer Landa. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Chime in. Nine is a good year. Nine is a good year in, in kid years. And in nope. broadcast years as well. Yeah, yeah, correct. Okay, yeah. Let's. Uh, yeah. What, what? 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 What's the? Are we second grade? Third grade? What are we? I think <laughs> we're like fourth grade. Fourth grade. Yeah, third or fourth grade. Uh, so we but, don't get naps anymore. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> no naps, but you still Damn get it. snacks, and that's all that matters. Look at snacks, and then we get to study the clean history version of the California missions out here. It's a year you get half the store, and you get to make a mission. Did uh, you make yours out of sugar cubes? We had to make yes. out of sugar. Oh my god! Yes. I don't know what the equivalent is in Minnesota, Joseph, but uh, <laughs> making missions out of sugar cubes. Uh, the main thing I remember about uh, fourth grade culinary things is fruit roll-ups had just come out and they were the snack that everyone desired. <laughs> and still are. <laughs> this is our news show as we uh, entered 2023. Our first 2023 broadcast was actually New Year's Day with the databank dive. Sid's part of a lot of fun. Check that out. We're here to talk about news, breaking news from a long time ago and breaking rumors from this weekend and also look into Star Wars past. we got a fun little episode uh, today to get us uh, warmed up for the new year. I want to remind you that today's podcast is still brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, or I'm sure whatever new device will come out this year. <laughs> we live in the future. Uh, we also are doing uh, what we call the ask. Boom, boom, boom. We are uh, asking you all uh, a little, just a personal favor. Just a, just a personal favor from your friends, Joseph, Kat, and Jennifer. Uh, <laughs> Joseph, what is this ask? We are asking to get some help to get to 7,000 subscribers on YouTube. We've been doing more in the last year on YouTube, our monthly uh, live stream Q&A. Uh, and we're going to be doing even more stuff on YouTube, including a new show called Figure Fights, where we ask which action figure would win in a fight and even more stuff coming. And we, of course, want there to be uh, people there to watch, to listen, to enjoy, to comment. Uh, so we have been asking to build on subscribers and we asked at first for 6,500. We blew past that. And now we are steadily, steadily climbing to 7,000. So if you want to check that out, please do. And thank you to everyone who already has. Yes, thank you, thank you indeed. Uh, this is, uh, it's, it's fun to ask, but we always joke that uh, for Joseph and I, at least, we don't want to speak for Jennifer. Uh, we are from a generation and, and maybe uh, geographical areas that make it hard to ask. It's really hard for us to ask for help or just say, hey, here's something we're doing. Mm -hmm. yeah. How do you feel about that, Jennifer? Do you feel like you were raised to not uh, ask for help, that it was a sign of weakness if you asked for help? Yes, I never ask for help. I will do it myself, even if I'm, you know, cr crying <laughs> in a corner. I can do this. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a weird, like weird thing where I feel like, oh, it's not being humble. What are you talking about? Of course, you can still be humble and ask uh, and be proud of the work that we do. Yeah, so. absolutely. So I think that's a great visual. Let's get to 7,000 so we're not crying in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, might be uh, something that happens anyways, at least for me. Hey, we're going to catch up <laughs> on uh, Star Wars Alive Adventures. For those that are just tuning in for the news, I understand you might want to get right to the news. That's in a few minutes. But this is a podcast where I like to catch up, spend some time with each other, and spend some time with you in the community. Uh, we had the New Year's holiday for those that celebrated. But I also think if, even if you don't celebrate the holiday of New Year's, it does happen. It is a thing that does happen. The calendar is <laughs> switch. So you have to experience it one way or another. Um, I'll, look, I'm going to start because mine was, I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything. I barely left on New Year's Day. It was raining like uh, crazy here in uh, LA. It was like Camino rain. I left yes. for about mm. two, three hours for a birthday party. Uh, a great friend of mine, uh, Zarla has been a uh, wonderful author. Got to spend some time, but I was like, cool, great. I'll have that Shirley Temple. I'll have a Rice Krispie square, a square. I'm going home. 
Uh, and that was it. So uh, that was my New Year's. Uh, I, I did rewatch uh, the Kenobi finale. I'm going to talk more about that. We got a great question coming up later this week, Joseph, on the Q and A's that you've picked out for us that sent me back to the series. And I want, I just want, I, I, I will confess, post Andor uh, has, I, I've been worried. Like, okay, I, the presentation of Andor is a little bit different. A lot of people say it's the best, and I don't disagree with that. But I love the other shows. But I, I was always wondering if I sit down and rewatch Book of Boba Fett or Kenobi, am I going to have a different feeling? just because those shows are presented in their own unique ways, if you all know what I mean. I was like struggling. I was struggling to admit it to myself. I watched the Kenobi finale this morning over coffee and had tears down my face. Nope, nope, mm. I can confirm. The emotional punch is still there for me. <laughs> uh, absolutely love that show. We can't wait to dive in. So it was fun to just be reminded about when Star Wars grabs, grabs onto your soul, it doesn't let go, no matter what comes afterwards or no matter what people say afterwards. It's still there for you. Mm-hmm. That is a, a great lesson about enjoying Star Wars exactly the way you want to and uh, wrestling with your relationship with it and making a discovery. I also love your New Year's story about uh, Rain being like Camino because now I'm picturing you riding one of those uh, flying sea beasts, the Awa, uh, while eating a Rice Krispie treat. <laughs> yeah. I, I, wish, I wish I could have. I, I, Grace was teasing me that I sound like a like an old man, but I was driving over uh, Laurel Canyon to get there, uh, which is already a, somewhat of an adventurous road. Mm-hmm. And it was flooded in a way I hadn't seen since the 2004 El Nino. And she's like, all right, Boomer, t- stop <laughs> telling your weather stories. <laughs> uh, it was a night just like tonight. Uh, but yes, I wish I wish I could have flown over the storms like Camino. It's like El Nino out there. I love it. Uh, Well, you both uh, had some fun adventures, saw some wonderful photos. Uh, Jen, uh, you took the the family out to the hills, right? Out to the desert, out to Tatooine here in L.A. Exactly. Yes, yes, it did did remind me of Tatooine. (laughs) You know, it's funny because Star Wars really did not find me. It was like a vacation from Star Wars unintentionally. (laughs) Um, I kept kind of trying to find it. And the only place I found it was at the the Botanical Garden and Zoo in Palm Springs, just living my life. And all of a sudden, I see a sign, and it said Fennec, Fennec Fox, I think Fennec Fox. And I went, oh, my gosh, I forgot. I was, like, you know, reminiscing about Fennec Shan's name, like, out loud, hoping mm-hmm. that maybe my family was listening. They were already gone. Nobody cared. There was like, people walking by as I'm talking to myself. I was delighted. I, I was, oh man. But yeah, other than that, that was it. There, there was nothing. Oh, actually, no, I lie. When we went on a hike in Palm Springs, the Tuckweets Canyon, they have these incredible boulders and these like things where you can look over the cliffs. And it, I now understand why people like nature. I've never been been a nature person, but I was like, this is inspirational. This could be a place where I could like seriously like sit and meditate like a Jedi. Like I get it now. Uh, I did not because there were a lot of tourists taking photos, but that would have been funny if I just plopped down (laughs) like need to to focus here. Uh, But yeah, that was it. No Star Wars other than that. No, that's great. First of all, I, I love that you're kind of either a Jedi based in Coruscant or an Ewok that found civilization was like, I, I like going to the, the metal buildings, not the wood ones here. <laughs> 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 oh, I yeah, love that. Yeah. W- were you picturing like the rocks on Tython? Like you could crawl up there and say, hey, this rock looks Jedi to me. That's exactly it. it mm. And it's one of those things. And there were even like some cave like areas that reminded me of, you know, the Jawas and, and R2 in, uh, in A New Hope. 
And I was, I wanted like my kids to recreate it. And I, it came to a point where I was so tired. It was the end of the year. I was exhausted on this vacation. I'm like, I don't even, I don't have the energy to try mm. and recreate this and get my kids motivated. Cause they'd be like, what mom? And then I just felt sad. <laughs> I'll just keep it to myself. Keep it to myself. But maybe I'll go to death Valley uh, someday. Yeah. Yeah, we can do a field trip. We, we can record an episode of Four Center just in the middle of the desert. <laughs> we might have to. All my, years, uh, all my years, I've never gone out there. Uh, Me neither. Yeah, kind of mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Uh, oh, beautiful. Well, uh, from meditating in the hills and looking at Fennec Foxes, uh, Joseph, you had a, another wonderful uh, time away on the New Year's Day. Love the photos. Uh, my kind of beach is where you went. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it's been a really uh, interesting end of the year because we went home to uh, Minneapolis uh, and the weather uh, tried to murder us there uh, in mm-hmm. multiple ways from the, the cold winds, the cold temperatures, uh, the icy roads. And then we came home and we had like three days uh, and then we went to um, a little spot on the beach near Los Angeles uh, that we like to go to for New Year's. And we knew it would be cold, uh, mm-hmm. but it was a really fun and, and interesting adventure because it was it was cold. Uh, then it was uh, beautifully sunny. Uh, then the uh, wind whipped the sand at the speed of the deleted scene of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> I stepped out of the the hotel to go walk on the beach because, like, we just want to experience it on New Year's Day. We don't we don't care how powerful it is. And I literally, it was absolute uh, cartoon comedy moment where we stepped out and it's like this isn't that bad. It's actually quite. And then I stepped around the side of the building and literally got like punched in the face by sand (laughs) mid sentence. Uh, But it was great. It was amazing. That's it. We took some, my wife had given me a new shirt for, for new year's day, which uh, she had found just a nice blue Jedi symbol. Uh, So we Mm -hmm. went and took some pictures of that, which is what, if people are on uh, social media, what we posted from that day, uh, I am fighting in those photos to not literally be blown into the sea, but it was great. Loved it. Uh, Great. Uh, yeah, I had a good New, Year- New Year's. Uh, I posted a couple places on social media. I tried something different in 2022 where I used to make uh, goals that were really hard to keep up with, like exercise all the time, become a better human. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, things that are hard to check off. Did I do that? Was I less distracted by social media? Hard to tell. So I only made goals that were like yes or no, up or down. I did them or I didn't. And they're things that I control, not that anybody else controls. Like write a movie, not sell a movie, because I can't control if I sell a movie. I can control mm. if I write a movie. Uh, so that was that was a really nice uh, experience and really helped my new year to think uh, forward about like what are goals that are concrete and I can control. So that was kind of my big uh, life adventure is pushing through and finishing some of those goals. Nice vacation. And then the Star Wars adventure uh, I wanted to share in particular is uh, we've been going to this uh, one specific uh, town uh, to stay at that that inn by the beach. And it's a nice little downtown area, lots of quaint shops. And uh, we went there on, on New Year's Eve day downtown. And my wife finally realized, like, we normally walk all three of these blocks, but we don't walk that last half block. And it turns out there's a comic book and toy store with a bunch of great toys. We've been there like eight times and been like 20 feet away from action figures you can't find in the store. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it was such a like a life lesson of just like, just go a little bit uh, farther. Just question what is right over the horizon. Uh, so on New Year's Eve day, I got a, what is it? A, uh, a Mandalorian Death Watch airborne trooper from the Clone Wars. Uh, nice. Basically Boba Fett with blue armor. And I found uh, Jackson. Uh, the, the Black Series Jackson with the absolutely terrifying face. Uh, uh, which yeah. was just a joy. A joy to be rewarded uh, for walking a half a block more and finding some new friends. 
Amazing. I, I am the king of, uh, have you ever played this mode on a game or have you ever tried this button on your oven? No, no, I just work what I know. And then you do it and you realize, oh, wow, there's something great out there for me. That's wonderful. Yeah, no, it was a good life lesson going into the new year. Yeah. I uh, love that. Well, uh, we are uh, going to go into the new year of Star Wars news, everybody. And, you know, as would be expected, it's, uh, it's a holiday. Star Wars newsmakers take uh, time off as well, whether it be up there at Lucasfilm or just those uh, track of the news. So a little bit less to choose from. But there's a story going around, and and we'll say here, we'll give a little bit of a, a rumor warning here. We're going to dive into rumors. We try to, it's not that we try to avoid that. We just try to be very careful how we discuss that here. And this is a story that I'll say that was not, it did not yet picked up by any major movie news site, uh, the dead, uh, the deadlines, uh, the varieties, anything that, Hollywood reporters. Uh, and and the, the, the report itself, I've seen it discussed. And so that may, means it's on our radar screen and we want to look at it. Uh, the, the report itself comes from a blog that includes in the article a, a really side-swiping, out-of-nowhere attack on Ryan Johnson. Uh, it is, uh, that's a red flag right there for me, and we'll discuss a little bit more about that here in a second. And it's claiming, here's the headline, that the Damon, uh, Damon Lindelof-led Star Wars movie uh, will be moving into production in April. That's the headline. Uh, this, of course, is suggested it's far along the pre-production process, or at least into the pre-production process, which might include major casting. But who knows? We're going to start in there. Uh, uh, but before we go into it, uh, Joseph, uh, Jennifer, your thoughts on, uh, I don't know, the story itself, the source, the world we live in? I don't know. <laughs> Where do you want to go? <laughs> um, well, well, I did some uh, digging on on this uh, specific uh, site and uh, the person behind them, behind it. It is, you know, an in, in entertainment blog. Uh, you know, the person is, you know, rated on on or whatever the, the word is, credited. He, mm-hmm. He's got a tomato card. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the, mm. the, you know. <laughs> rotten tomatoes whatever that is um but uh I, I did i did find uh some discussion on a subreddit called oscar race there was multiple discussions that uh the site was not particularly reliable in that some of the scoops that actually most of the scoops are often wrong sometimes things are as, as simple as like the runtime of a completed film like the apparently sure. you know things like posting like a week before the runtime of a completed film is announced you know, this site will say, we know it's this many minutes and then it just isn't. And things like that happen again and again and again, uh, it seems like. So I think maybe the reason that some of the trades haven't picked this up is that it is probably not entirely verified or super accurate. So definitely yeah. think this one should be strongly, strongly in the awuga awuga rumor mm-hmm. <laughs> category. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Jen, uh, what what bells go awuga in your brain when this <laughs> These stories come on. Oh my gosh. You know, it's one of those things where I, maybe it's a generational thing because I lived before the internet and there was a certain um, ethics that, that journalists had. And I guess that's the key word, journalists. And so nowadays we have so many people, anybody, myself included, who can write blogs and, and write anything we want, right? It, mm-hmm. We don't have to have a code of ethics. We don't have to be a journalist. And it can get out there and it can gain traction and it can be totally false. And if you're a young person, that can be actually kind of overwhelming because you don't know who's telling the truth and who's not. Mm-hmm. But immediately when I was reading this, uh, just by the tone it became very clear that this person has some sort of agenda, uh, which we'll dive into. Um, and it just lost all credibility because it, it like, 
put Star Wars diehard fans vowed to never return to the franchise after the sequel trilogy. I was like, what? Like the way that was presented was so biased, which immediately, you know, you would, you would not really see that in a deadline or Hollywood reporter or variety article. Um, and that was another thing was I was like, wow, I totally missed this on my vacation. How did I miss it? This is going in, into production. Well, this is, this is wise. I don't know whose <laughs> source this person uh, spoke to, but I it, question it. It's I, it's the Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall Brain Candy movie character. I'm just some guy, you know, just that's the source, just some mysterious guy in the corner. Yeah. And look, we're, we're not here. To, we don't start the year off uh, super, super negative or snarky or anything. It's just it's it's the cycle keeps going. And mm-hmm. and Jen, you're, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, so on Almost want to say you're talking about the good old days of journalism, but you're, it's it's way more complicated than that. But you got you got this in your blood. This is in your family's blood. Just the the, the news people of the past, and and it, it does create some interesting uh, questions about always digging in. Uh, Joseph's done some great research here, considering uh, you know who's reporting this, where it's coming from. It doesn't mean even the big ones don't occasionally get this wrong or pick it up, which is why I think I did want to discuss it because there's some stuff in here. That it just seems like if you're just passing through, and again, the, the like my friends who are still on Facebook, just they're the ones that just pass through this, and mm-hmm. they'll just go, ah, here it is, a bunch of facts, and look, I'll say this, all of this could end up being right, yeah. right? Who knows? Maybe, maybe some, you know, some guy on the lot, you know, snuck some information out. This, that does happen. So everything could mm-hmm. be here, right? We, we're, we're not saying that's what's at dispute here, but. Uh, the idea that this this post claims that the film would feature new leads, got it, that's a, probably a pretty simple guess, but also <laughs> sequel trilogy characters. And then you combine that with Daisy Ridley having lunch at Lucasfilm on Instagram, and suddenly that's a fact. Suddenly that's treated as, oh, here we're going, we're going post-Rise of Skywalker, Lindelof and his team, which includes uh, the writer and, and, and the director, Obed Shinoi, uh, she's uh, Charmaine's going to be directing it. Uh, you know, that that now we're, now we're dealing with quote-unquote facts. It's just not true so we wanted to dive in but also talk about the idea of hey eventually they are going to put a movie into production this will happen so put this be the one so uh there you go that's the that's the big overall putting it all the cards on the table here uh but joseph uh, we'll start the discussion off of um the idea not the rumor the idea of this project including sequel characters or getting up and running fast where does your mind go with all that yeah, no, I, I really agree with what you're saying about trying not to discuss it as, yep, that's going to happen, but a really fun, what if, are we interested in this idea? And and my, my final thought on just the nature of the actual reporting mm-hmm. is that these things can be like the telephone game of, right? There might mm-hmm. be some kernel of truth in it somewhere, might be so warped by the time it comes out that there's no truth left in it, but there might be a kernel. And I think that's what's fun you know, to play this what if game, what if the, it, it yeah. is true that some sequel characters might uh, pop up. Yeah. Um, I, I think for me, the the idea that this new, not just film, but it sounds like maybe Slate that uh, Damon Lindelof is putting together a team of creative people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the reporting from, from the trades. Uh, it makes a lot of sense to me that it would be set post um, the sequel trilogy. Yeah. So everything can just have elbow room to sort of uh, move forward. Uh, And I love the idea then within that, that characters from the sequel trilogy who might be significant to whatever the conflict of the Mm -hmm. film is would show up. So my mind goes to like possibilities of, 
you know, is this about the new, new Republic, uh, their challenges as, as they begin? You know, we've got a little bit of that story in the Mandalorian with the new Republic, but that's kind of running in the background, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what if this really is, you know, all hands on deck, uh, we are trying to get this shattered galaxy to come back together. Are there lots of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, civil wars and factions because are some, a lot of systems being like, Hey, we've, we've tried being a unified galaxy and it doesn't work. And there's all this conflict everywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, in which case you could have new characters, but you could have a Poe, a Rose, a, a Larmadassi. I hope it's a Larmadassi solo. Movie <laughs> yeah. myself. Uh, but then there's also that great thread of how many first order, uh, stormtroopers are out there. How many of them might still be fighting for the cause versus looking for home. And then you have the possibility of characters like Janna and, and Finn, right? Being side characters. So I think those are the kind of the threads, the timeline that are interesting to me in, in the possibility of various sequel characters being on the, being supporting characters in, in mm-hmm. stories like this. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. Uh, it makes sense, Jen. Where does where does your mind go? Yeah, I. Oh, that's that's really really great. I I I question how much of a role the sequel trilogy characters would have mm-hmm. in this. Uh, I think maybe just a, a couple scenes. Uh, it is interesting the Daisy Ridley lunch thing. I don't think it is necessarily at Lucasfilm. I don't think it's necessarily related to this film per se. It could just be related to what they're cooking up in the next, you know, five, 10 years. It could be, oh, we want you for this animated project and maybe you could make an appearance here and blah, blah, blah. It's just keeping yeah. goodwill amongst amongst uh, this this relationship. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but it is interesting. It is interesting. I mean, they're not just going to randomly be like, hey, come on over for lunch. Like there has to be some sort of reason why. Yeah, um, yeah. I always thought that I viewed that as a as an exploratory meal. Exactly. Yeah, yeah you know, think- I mean, like, you know, let's ha- let's have a general. Let's just, you know, yeah. like see what comes up. Um, yeah. Could so- be non-Star Wars, too. It could be yeah. that. Like, yeah. Like yeah. Daisy Ridley and Kathleen Kennedy are like Kathleen Kennedy's looking at we, we need to keep expanding Lucasfilm beyond, you know, just Star Wars. We're looking yeah. at this. Here, here's some ideas. Are you interested in any of these, Daisy? It could oh be that. Oh, my too. gosh. You're yeah. so right. You're so right. That could totally be it. I mean, Willow is I love Willow so much. So why not? <laughs> Uh, include her in, in that side. Um, but yeah, I most likely I could see Poe stopping by. Uh, I don't know about Finn. I like, I like, it's so funny. I had the same thought about Larma Daisy um, or mm-hmm. even, uh, what is it? Zor- Zori Bliss, Carrie yeah. Russell's character. That could be cool. Mm. Um, but I think that they'll use it as like a sprinkling of Star Wars seasoning, as I say, as opposed to a really a main part of the storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think I am. I'm in a weird spot on that. First of all, I, I've heard rumors that the Lucasfilm uh, food court is is pretty solid, so maybe that is just a draw <laughs> up there. I've heard tales of fresh mac and cheese served every day. Uh, roll ups and fruit roll ups. Daisy, you want to come see our fruit roll up bar? Uh, yeah, so maybe that's it. Yeah, I, I um, I'm not conflicted. Uh, I, I think going po- post nine is so intriguing. I, I don't know what to expect. Uh, a lot of what you're saying, Joseph. Yeah, absolutely love it. And it's like, could it could uh, could people accuse some of? Uh, hey, you know, we got first order remnants being similar to the empire imperial remnants. Sure, but that's also the natural way of things. So I'm intrigued by that. Uh, I'm intrigued by that storyline. Uh, but who you who you pull in is an interesting thing. I, I'm with you too, Jen. I, I heard I heard some hesitation on not Finn the character, but maybe John Boyega the performer. 
uh, about coming back. He's 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 been relatively positive uh, out, outside of uh, saying some of the things that I think he, he needed and should have said about his experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Oscar Isaac, I, you know, it, there's been times where I'm like, he'll never return to anything. But then he comes back from Moon Knight, just coming back into the fold of the family, to that bigger Disney family. So I, I think... Um, I think there's some ways forward, but it, it's almost like one of those uh, sitcom spinoffs when it's like, what characters will show up? You know, who's going to actually show up on Frasier? <laughs> what year? Uh, and and how, how much do you want it to be related to Cheers? And, and will that, I, this is more for me, like if, if it's, if it's Daisy Ridley is right, that's wonderful. That's a, that's a lot of storytelling. Um, but if it's, uh, you know, I don't know, just, uh, just Babu Frick, will I miss the rest of the team? Will I wonder why no one else is there? And so I, I'm curious to finally maybe get some answers because eventually they will go forward. Uh, it's just kind of, I find myself in a confusing head spin of a space over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. All right. Yeah. Sorry. I'm catching my breath here. I'm not back in game shape, by the way, everyone. I don't know. I didn't take, we didn't even miss, we didn't even miss an episode during the holidays, but I've mentally taken off five, another five days. And I, I forget what I'm doing. I don't know how to do this. Understandable. <laughs> Uh, I'll say, Joseph, Jennifer, uh, eventually we are going to get a film in production. And I think there's a little bit, when I saw this story pop up, again, we want to look into how it's presented, who, who's behind it, that kind of stuff. But I, I, got, I got excited because it is possible. It would be a little bit of a secret pre-production process or casting. And I don't know, that seems, in this day and age, seems almost impossible to pull off. Yeah. But hey, maybe they yeah. could. But I just got excited that, yeah, hey, eventually this will happen. A new film will go into uh, production. And and I think we're closer than uh, we are, uh, closer than maybe we think. So uh, that's where some of my excitement is. I don't know if you guys have any excitement as well. Joseph? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, I think that's a part of this. The story and the way it's presented is like, I would believe that it is going into pre-production, that they yeah. mm-hmm. you know have a script and they decided, green light, this is the next one we're doing for sure. Uh, and let's, Hey, we got, we got drawings going, we got casting meetings starting to happen, but I, I don't think that, you know, film is rolling or digital <laughs> buttons are being hit in April. So I think it's much more of a pre-production thing than a production thing, but any for sure forward movement is exciting because yes, the, the, the movies uh, will come. Uh, I'm very curious to talk about the, uh, the actual dates in the slate and all that. Uh, yeah. but yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Jen, you get any level of excitement when some of these stories pop up? Yes, I do. But I also uh, try and be cautiously optimistic. Like you said, I know a Star Wars movie is going to come eventually. Mm -hmm. I don't know when that will be. But yeah, timeline wise, this would seem really fast because weren't we just talking about like the, the writing process in like November December? Yeah, well, and, and that it may have emerged after Star Wars Celebration with that. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, conclave of writers. Right. Um, you know, I, yeah. the thing that gets me excited is thinking about the scale of this mm-hmm. movie. We saw the scale of Andor. I just think of that behind the scenes featurette that they showed um, with these massive sets and the creatures and the aliens and the costumes. And it just was so grand. And yeah. I know that they're going to bring that again, probably even more for mm-hmm. a Star Wars movie. And so that's, that's what gets me excited. But when I think of that, I'm like, oh, that takes a lot of time. That takes a lot of preparation. So like you said, Joseph, yeah. Pre-production, I could see them going into that in April, but you know, other than that, it would be really fast. Yeah, yeah, bonkers fast. Yeah, yeah, 
yes, late in front of the camera, probably not going to happen, but eventually it will, which uh, we're going to round out this discussion with a fun little uh, tag here. We're calling this kind of fun Vegas odds. That's right. We're going to go do Star Wars betting. Uh, do we think a new movie will be made official, whether announcement, title card, uh, whatever, a leaked report, but no, I'm talking about official, official StarWars.com news. Do you think we'll be made official at, by, or after Star Wars Celebration London, which is only a few months away in April? Jennifer, where are you putting your chips down? Oh my gosh. You One time I went to Vegas and I was playing blackjack and I was not good. And there was a man at the table who looked so annoyed and it was my turn. He was like, ugh. So my, I'm not a good uh, guesser at odds here. Uh, not good at gambling. But if I were to gamble, um, I would say a title could be announced uh, at Celebration. Nothing else. Just the title and the look at that font and the color of the title. You know how they do that? Where <laughs> That's what we're probably going to get. And maybe we'll get like an appearance um, from the director and the writers. They'll come on stage, wave hello. We have an exciting movie that's going to be coming out, blah, blah, blah. Right. And that's about it. Okay. So we learned a lot. Jennifer thinks there's going to be a title, a title reveal, star celebration, and she hits on 19 while at the blackjack table. Uh, that's what we learned here today. There. Uh, I love this. I love this. <laughs> and just uh, hit, stay, or, uh, you know, fall. What are you doing? Oh, uh, in Vegas, fold before I even start for my own safety. I had one uh, one crash course in in gambling uh, when I did did a show in a small town, and then we stayed at a casino, and I was given a per diem, uh, and I had that classic like, "Hey, I just made ten dollars. If I keep playing, I could." Oh, I lost everything. Oh, oh this is what gambling oh. is. I get it, uh, but. In the in our fun, what if if I was going to put money on this? I think a film will be announced uh, around the time of celebration. Uh, mm -hmm. One way that I could see it happening is, I think that there is sort of an acceptance that the trades are really on top of things, like mm -hmm. as big as a new Star Wars movie. Um, yeah. So I think that there is a possibility that this is just suddenly a we wake up on a Tuesday morning or, or more likely a Monday afternoon, right after we finish recording our new show and a tweet will go out. Th this movie called this directed by this person, written by this person, no other details is coming this date. That's yeah. it, you know, and that just lives in the imagination on social media, maybe some trades hinting at some other things. And then at, at celebration, you know, as part of like a Lucasfilm panel, maybe the big button at the end is a, a director or a star comes out and announces, mm -hmm. you know, another detail. Maybe the date doesn't get announced. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I thought that was, they, they've gotten so much better at sort of milking the announcements, right? Like Harrison Ford just coming out and announcing the date of the Indiana Jones movie, right? Yeah. Right. So I think they're getting better. At, I think it's too early for a trailer, uh, maybe mm -hmm. some weird tease, uh, but I think they're getting much better at, maybe it's the director comes out and reveals a star. I don't know. Um yeah, Isn't it, th those are great betting odds in Vegas. I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> but just just to review very quickly, the current date I looked up uh, on Disney Slate, and we know that movie dates change all the time now. But the current untitled Star Wars film is slated for November nineteenth, two thousand twenty-five, and I ah. I think that is what this movie is shooting for because yeah. we have this other big piece of information that we didn't know is how is Avatar going to do? Avatar, colon, the way of water. Because um, Avatar, colon, the way of water is the next Avatar film is 
dated for December 2024. So, yep, they could probably get a Star Wars film done by 2024. But since Avatar did hit and make a lot of money in December, are they going to want to mess with that? Um, How many (laughs) rough interviews will grumpy old James Cameron give uh, if they try to bump him? Uh, from December uh, for a Star Wars film. So I think that if it gets done earlier, if the film's on track and moving fast, maybe not a December release. Um, Yeah. Otherwise, Mm. uh, I think um, it is going to be in 2025. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because the window... Was I think missed? I, I, I'll say that that's that, that that's a strong term. Missed the window was missed. 2023 was the window, right? Which was the plan, and it didn't happen. It didn't happen because yeah, you got you got Avatar, and clearly, uh, despite you know any internet chatter, it's doing well, <laughs> and it's and it's getting people's attention. I would I wouldn't want Star Wars to compete with that. You couldn't. I don't think they'd be smart. No. Um, which is weird because it, I, I'm so now used to Star Wars in December. Now yeah, you're right. You're reminding me it's November. Uh, now, okay, now we got to go to a new month, but then yeah, does any of that mean anything, you know? Yeah, and I'm looking that up to make sure I didn't just write that down wrong, because then when I said it, I was like, hey, wait. Uh, mm. Yeah, so um, I don't want to be the one giving bad news, incorrect yeah. news. I just took it as fact. You just <laughs> took it as fact. You already tweeted it, didn't you, Ken? <laughs> Who is this Joseph Scribshaw? <laughs> what are his biases? Yeah. No, He's, He claims every movie is going to be about Obi-Wan Kenobi for the rest of time. Sure, right. It's a bias here. Yeah. Uh, I am pulling it up. I misspoke. Uh, okay. December nineteenth, twenty twenty five. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. So I, I, yeah, I think because I think that is really central. Uh, thank you uh, for catching my error. Uh, and uh, I'm going to claim I did all of that on purpose to teach a lesson about facts. There you That's go. Lie. It. No, no, it's a lie. It's a lie. I made a mistake, everybody. I apologize. But I think it is vital to the conversation because it is yeah. the December has become a blockbuster window you know, partially yeah. because of The Force Awakens. And there's that question of should Star Wars be anywhere else but that, particularly when it's coming back, which means mm-hmm. if it's going to come back in 2024, it would have to fight with Avatar. Otherwise, December 19th, 2020. Well, yeah, it, look, it just makes sense. It's, and it's so weird. Here we are seven years, eight years past, you know, where it's like the debate of will a movie even survive in December is long gone in large part because of Force Awakens. Do either of you have like the idea of all right? We we uh, we have so many you know got avatars. We got so many big movies. You know, screw it. Star Wars goes back to May, and it's the beginning of the summer season blockbuster. Do you think that could even work? Or are we so far past that? I'm not even worried about the solo conversation. I'm talking about a big event movie going forward. Uh, I, there's something about it I, I like about it, but it, it oddly enough feels weird to me. I don't know, Jen. Yeah, I I don't think it I don't think it will work. I mean, I I, I don't know, but I I feel in my gut. And the reason why is because like during the holidays, you know, families are coming together. And the one thing that unites families is going to see a movie, whether it's in their home or out at the theaters, hopefully, right? It, because that's something where it's like, oh, that that's easy. We can all get together. We can go, you know, grab dinner together and go see a movie. And Star Wars could unite generations, right? <laughs> and you get the whole family, literally the whole family, you know, grandparents, grandchildren, whatever, all go into the movies to go see a Star Wars film. That mm-hmm. is a no-brainer. In May, you know, you have you have the hardcores, the Star Wars diehards, as that guy said, uh, but it just doesn't have that same, I don't know, it's like, it's almost like an advantage that December has, right? And there's just like... There's only so much competition in December because everyone knows like you don't want to go up against an Avatar or a Star Wars, right? So it's just kind of like 
money maker. December is a money maker month, I think. Yeah. I feel like the history of the blockbuster is obviously lots of people seeing it, but the ability for people to see it multiple times, right? And that was yeah. a sort of the revolution of releasing uh, Star Wars and other films in May. So so the intense people, <laughs> the adults, <laughs> mm-hmm. could see it right before school goes out, but then they could see it again and again and, and in the summer and kids mm-hmm. could see it uh, when, when they didn't have anything uh, else going on in the summer school-wise. Um, but that's just changed, right? It's yep. blockbuster after blockbuster in the summer. And that was part of what Ding Solo is. People just can't afford it. it it's mm-hmm. not. And I think in a way, the December blockbuster, exactly because of what Jennifer is saying. And, and Ken, you were talking about it on some uh, episode recently about having some happy memories of seeing yeah. uh, like The Last Jedi with family, right? Yeah. All, yeah. all of us diehards and, and lots of just uh, movie aficionados see it once in late December and then see it again with families. I think Jennifer's spot on about it. It kind of needing that plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree to get it. It's amusing to me to here we are in 2023 now going up. Oh, Star Wars is Star Wars is a December film. I think I was part of the discussion in 2014 or whenever it was announced of what December, even the hunger games didn't crack a hundred million. You're putting Star Wars there. Uh, and uh, it's just, uh, I love that it's changed. I love that Star Wars was part of that change. That's uh, part of what we yeah, love. I was a b- big advocate of Solo coming out in May because I wanted that feeling of a summer blockbuster. I wanted that feeling mm-hmm. of, you know, you, you see Han Solo uh, whip around in the Millennium Falcon, then you get on your bike <laughs> and right. you, you play because it's summertime and that. But I have to admit that emotionally it felt great for me, but it mm-hmm. didn't work financially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Our chips are down on the table. For me, oh, I, I don't think I put my bet down. I, <laughs> I I might slide into the same square as Joseph on the table and be one of those betters. I, I, I was thinking, you know, at celebration, just dump it all out there. But you're so right, particularly with the Indiana Jones thing, a piece here, a little candy on the trail leading you forward. Just makes sense that, yeah, on a, on a random Monday afternoon at about 2 p.m. when we're all wrapped up, uh, they put some StarWars.com announcement out there. And then, yeah, they don't need the tickets are, are going. The ticket sales are going pretty good for celebration, but they need the buzz around it. Uh, mm-hmm. I can see that working. Uh, a, a combination of uh, before and at Star Wars celebration. So we'll see. We'll see. All right, there we are. We took a deep dive into that rumor. Talked about it. What's your thoughts on it? Let us know. Are you excited? Do you want Lara Daisy to show up? Of course you do. Uh, she'd be a great addition. And after Akbar, I want after Akbar and Lara Daisy to be our sequel trilogy characters in the new film. Uh, before we take a break and uh, get into some Star Wars history, we're going to do our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Joseph, we are into the second phase of the High Republic. That's right. We are looking forward to reading the first book in the second phase, Star Wars The High Republic Path of Deceit by Justina Ireland and Tessa Gratton. It's on our bookshelf staring at us, so we'll be diving in soon. And if you want to dive in with us, you can, of course, uh, listen to an audiobook. Listen to that audiobook today by going to uh, audibletrial.com slash force center and downloading your free audiobook. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center and get that free audiobook. All right, quick break. On the other side, we got two this week in Star Wars history entrance. Entrances. Entrances? Entrances. I'm going to take a break. <laughs> We're going to be right back here on Force Center. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to Force Center. I struggle to speak uh, normally and properly uh, anyways, but uh, take a few days off mentally and I'm struggling here, but I'm getting apps like here on Force Center, Joseph Crumshaw and Jennifer Landa. And because the news was a little slower this week, we like to sometimes uh, change things up. We've already kind of looked ahead to Bad Batch, which drops this week. We've uh, looked at our holiday wishes and our wants, maybe going forward in 2023. So I thought, hey, let's look a little deeper into Star Wars history. And we had some wonderful uh, choices this week. Uh, we had uh, some some weeks this week in history. It's a, it's a little it's a little it's a little empty. It's a little of uh, Star Wars re- was released in Bulgaria for the first time in 1981, uh, which is great, but it's <laughs> a little bit different history. But we got two wonderful things as we uh, look ahead to Star Wars past. And on January 5th, 1975, Ralph McQuarrie handed in his first concept painting for George Lucas's space opera. 
the painting, Droids in the Desert, will become one of the most celebrated pieces of concept art in the in Star Wars lore and factor into every story Anthony Daniels tells about his time in C-3PO. Uh, so this is the the painting of uh, of R two looking you know as we could say now chopper like or chopper looks R two like C three PO looking a little bit more classic late sixties sci fi but the designs are there including even the color from uh, for the most part there so what do we think of that painting growing up I want to start there Jen uh, at some point we saw this painting as a Star Wars youngster and what did it uh, do to your Star Wars love and soul. You know, when I was younger, I didn't know who Ralph McQuarrie was or Mm -hmm. that this painting was the inspiration for Star Wars. Um, It just is one of those things. It just is always a part of my life, right? I just, I knew the artwork, but I didn't know its history. And then as I was a teenager, I wanted to learn more about the production and the making of Star Wars. And that's when I learned about the great Ralph McQuarrie and how influential his art is. Uh, But I love, I love this painting. I always have, because even then it just seems so futuristic. And now it seems futuristic (laughs) and modern. Like that's what's so incredible to me. It doesn't look dated in any way, shape or form. Uh, such a testament to his his art and the impact that Ralph McQuarrie's art has had. Yeah, ah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, and and yeah, at some point, the the name Ralph McQuarrie didn't uh, didn't even emerge. Uh, it was just it, these paintings were here, uh, and then you kind of discover who was behind him. I love that part of uh, uh, my Star Wars uh, fandom as well. Joseph, this picture, this painting, growing up, what did you think? Uh, I, I, I was aware who Ralph McQuarrie was because of the tops empire strikes back cards that mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. is like a, you know, they went, they had the character cards at the beginning of the sequence. Then they went through the whole narrative of the film. And then at the back, they would have these concept art. And I didn't really understand what it was, but I think, you know, like my brother was u- using these to try to teach me to read. So I think he was probably like Ralph McQuarrie, learn it, memorize it, learn to read it. <laughs> um, so I don't remember even like a time I didn't know Ralph McQuarrie, but I didn't understand what concept art was. Mm. And it was, we've talked a lot about, you know, when, when we were younger, uh, particularly with the genre things with uh, comic book characters being translated, like, or images of star Wars, sometimes they're just wrong, right? Just like, mm-hmm. Hey, that's a picture of Darth Vader, but his lightsaber is the wrong color. Ben Kenobi, you know? Yeah. Um, in the concept art that was like that to me, I was kind of confused by by why some of it looked really like the stuff on screen, mm-hmm. and then some of it looked not quite like it was on screen, and I didn't understand why. And I was like, "Well, maybe this Ralph McQuarrie guy saw that part of the film, but maybe he doesn't know what three PO looks like." <laughs> uh, so I remember being when I was younger, loving some of his art, and then being weirded out by some of it. And in particular, yeah. this one that it kind of fell into the uncanny valley of like. I know that's 3PO and R2, but it, it also isn't. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I think looking back now, what is absolutely powerful about it, what helped sell Star Wars, would help me love it, and what Anthony Daniels constantly talks about is there is haunting emotion in 3PO's face. So I think mm-hmm. as a kid, I was a little bit of like, that is 3PO, that is, and I don't know what to make of it. But I think he was also probably didn't have the words for it or the emotional mm-hmm. capacity to express it. But I was affected by that face that looked so frozen and so full of emotion for a robot. Yeah, yeah uh, I love you uh, being honest and sharing that part of the uh, of your journey because I think that was where I was, particularly with the New Hope concept art. Right, like now we celebrate it. Now it's like, oh, this this could have been Darth Maul or uh, mm-hmm. Ray could have been Kira designed as it. Like, uh, and we love that. And it's part of the lore, but it's because of Macquarie's art. And it's because of his first uh, big swings at Star Wars that I think that we love celebrating the journey. But yeah, I'm with you. 
uh, as a youngster. 83, really falling in love with Star Wars. That was my year. And, and getting some of these paintings or seeing them or that, that magazine uh, about the making of Return of the Jedi. And you just see some of the stuff. I can particularly some of the Jabba stuff. I was like, well, that's not right. That's not Jabba. <laughs> I would, I would, you, know, you, you don't understand the process. But yeah, this one, and, and like I said, the New Hope stuff. And I still, now obviously we get it, but I still sometimes see it in that light where I'm just like, how did they get, uh, how did they get Vader from this? That's amazing to me, which is just a, a naive look at it, I suppose. But I, yeah, I'm right there with you on that journey. I was slightly confused because I couldn't, it's like, you're telling me this is Star Wars? This isn't, this isn't Star Wars. If you, oh, do you need to see them? I, ha- I have the VHS taped off TV. You want to, you want to see it? Cause, cause that's what an X-Wing looks like. Yeah. Uh, so I love that. That's, that's a, that's a fun part of the exploring and discovering Star Wars as you grow up. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But uh, we mentioned Anthony Daniels. We love Anthony. We don't be clear. We love Anthony Daniels. I love uh, that Anthony Daniels has such ownership over the 3PO character, a tight grip on the 3PO character. So I love hearing his story. Look, I, I'm the uncle at the party who tells the same story 15 times. I get it. I love hearing his story of, of looking at the painting and just kind of connecting with that face. You're right, Joseph. There's so much emotion there. So what are we thankful for regarding the inspiration Daniels took from this piece? Jennifer, would we have uh, wanted a different kind of 3PO? Or are we very happy where, where Daniel sat in the lobby and saw this photo and said, ah, oh, this, this is where I'm taking the character? I mean, what a what a an incredible actor to be able to to see that that uh, see this uh, concept art and really kind of take that and run with it and create this character that if you kind of walk a certain way and talk just with a little bit of an accent, immediately most people will figure out who you are. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, that's so incredible that he created such an iconic performance from this, uh, which mm-hmm. is funny because. George Lucas has said that he showed Ralph McQuarrie the Metropolis robot, right? The 1972 mm-hmm. movie Metropolis. He showed that that robot to Ralph McQuarrie and said, hey, I, I want something like this. Mm-hmm. So just all the inspirations that came together to create C-3PO. Uh, it's why I love art. It's why I love acting. And oh my gosh, yeah. what, a, what, a, what a treasure Anthony Daniels is. I'm so happy. And I'm so happy that he tells that story because I'd forgotten it. So, <laughs> so I need to hear things a few times to be able to remember them. I appreciate it. Uh, I love his stories. I'm still upset that we haven't got the, or at least I don't know, unless Ryan Johnson has answered somewhere. There's a great moment in the director and the Jedi where Anthony Daniels is on set, just doing some lines as three PO they're recording. Right. Mm. And he's doing the, let me do it again. Let me do it again. Then he comes up and he goes to Ryan Johnson and is like starting to tell him something. And he he looks over the documentary camera and is like, wait, are you, are you mic'd up? Are you mic'd up? Yeah, I mic'd up. Oh, okay. Cause I was going to tell you something. And then they walk off. (laughs) 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 Cause it it seemed really gossipy. It seemed really gossipy. Uh, So I love it. Anyways. uh, Yeah. Joseph, your thoughts on uh, Daniel looking at this photo and, and 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 starting to build the character. I think it was total gossip. I think he was going to mm. say like Daisy Rid- Ridley took the last you know canopy or whatever, like you know something <laughs> totally gossipy and unimportant. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's my head cannon for that. I love that moment. Um, yeah, I, I think you know as an adult growing up, I talked about you know how how I reacted as a kid, and then I think I was you know late teens, early twenties when I saw Metropolis, and that was one of my first like oh holy crap, this sort of mm. Uh, we can't control when we're born and, and get to figure out where we are on the timeline, right? Mm. And realize that the, this thing I've known since I was a kid and I encountered this image 
first here, but this image has its birth way back in Metropolis. That was kind of one of my first moments where the sort of the, the dime drop that mm. I have my narrative of existence, but then there's a narrative of existence <laughs> mm. uh, for these things that I have to reorder in my mind uh, right. because this is where I first encountered it, but it's not where it began. Um, yeah. So I think I, I really associate powerfully um, this image with that revelation and that's so important with star wars with so many of the things uh being connected to the past that many of us were not alive for um but then i i think i also didn't know for a long time that this was the image that lucas Mm. was like i'm not going to be able to communicate this to executives they are not going to understand uh and ralph mccrory saves (laughs) star wars by by crafting this and that this single image, which is so rooted in Flash Gordon and pulp, it, mm-hmm. it is, it's an image about the fantastic, about seeing things on screen that you can't see in, in real life with those, you know, double celestial bodies, looks like moons in this painting, in this weird desert, and then these weird, unknowable robots. They look so fantastic, so different mm-hmm. from what mm-hmm. our life is. But then the emotion on that robot face is all about who we really are as humans. Mm. This image is the intersection. To me, it is why I love genre. It's why I love pulp is because on one hand, it's presenting the absolute fantastic that we cannot see in real life, but then we find ourselves in it somehow. And, and I think that's the power of this piece and why I love it as an adult. Mm. Yeah. And, and and I think it does speak to the absolute <clears throat> genius of Anthony Dan as, as, as a performer. And it's such a wonderful journey to to what we know now of of all right uh, this this Tony Daniels guy is going to get in this uh, costume he connects with it starts building it based off uh, a lot of what you both are discussing here but also eh, but don't worry we'll get someone else to voice it uh, we'll audition a bunch of people to figure out eh, we'll put someone in there and and then they end up with Anthony Anthony Daniels because the answer was right in front of you right in front of you just because of 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 what he brought to it and and how you know there was that thought of 3PO was going to be kind of a, I don't know used car salesman type of energy <laughs> and and I, I, to me you know it's 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 impossible to go back and and choose a different path here you know then we would have been celebrating 3PO as a used car salesman I suppose but I just think it's part of the Star Wars magic that everything falls into place man and whether you want to say it's the force or not of I think the dynamic between R2 and 3PO works works as is and works based a lot on what Anthony Daniels took from that photo, took out of the connection, took out of those eyes staring back at him. And it wasn't some schlocky, hacky used car salesman robot. It was, it was someone, a robot with a lot of anxieties, a lot of <laughs> uh, adherence to rules, a lot of conflict, especially to the, the little, uh, uh, you know, a hole next to him who's swearing at him and calling him names, but they love each other. Uh, these robots love each other. Uh, so I love it. I love it. And it's all part of this magical history. Uh, you know, uh, not to get too deep, but yeah, it's like things, things happen and they, things happen for a reason. You look back and, and it all makes some sort of sense. And Star Wars very much has that. And it, and it all begins with the, the Ralph McQuarrie paintings. Uh, it's, it's a, uh, it's an amazing part of Star Wars and love looking back. So it's an important day in Star Wars history. Indeed. indeed. Absolutely. But it's not the only day we're going to celebrate. Yeah. No, no, no. On January 7th, 2011. Oh man, we are just under two years away from the sale to Disney. Remember those days on January 7th, 2011, the night sisters airs for the first time in the U S treating the viewers of star Wars, the clone wars to the captivating dark magic of the night sisters and mother Talzin while expanding the tragic tale of Asajj 
Ventress, written by Katie Lucas. The episode was the first in a powerful arc about Palpatine forcing Dooku to get rid of his deadly apprentice. Uh, though that, be careful with that word. Don't use that word around Palpatine. What are our memories of the episodes then in 2011? Jen, you did a wonderful, happy beeps. No, it's Jedi beat version, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, of uh, Katie Lu- Lucas and what she brought to the tales of Ventress and how much of it was from her heart and soul. So we'll start with you. Going back to 2011, what were your memories of the episodes? Yeah, I've I've talked about it before. I went to a, a special screening um, at the Egyptian Theater, I think it was, mm. uh, where they were showing the arc, the Night Sisters arc. And, it, you know, I hadn't really been keeping up with the Clone Wars at that time too much. I think I had seen like a few episodes. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, it's kind of, it seems maybe like it might be a kid's show. Ha, ha, ha. Wait, there were kids in that screening. Uh, and those, let me tell you, those kids, they did a trivia contest with those kids. And those kids would put all of us to shame. They knew so much Star Wars knowledge and lore. Um, anyways, the Night Sisters arc. I was in that theater and I was floored. It was fantastic Star Wars storytelling that I love fresh new characters. It was scary. It was dark. It was female characters that I had never seen in Star Wars before. And then to know it was written by Katie Lucas, it just was really, um, it was an imaginal experience. And even now it still holds up. I, I, it's my favorite arc of the Clone Wars Mm. to this day. I just love it. Mm. Mm. Well said, well said. And, and and I'm Going to, again, plug that episode. We might just have to, uh, I'll pull out a link here and maybe we'll tweet it out uh, this week as well. Uh, Jen, you just such a great, great uh, Jedi Beat episode going into uh, Katie Lucas stuff at all. Uh, just her as a creator and what she brought to Clone Wars, but particularly these episodes. It's really powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious, Joseph, you're taking it, because I, I know your journey with Clone Wars is is uh, comes a little bit later, uh, but... Had had you heard whispers? Have you seen clips of 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 these witches in Star Wars? Were you aware of it at all in 2011? No, not at all. Um, I, I remember vividly uh, walking into uh, this store called Shinders in whatever year Courtship of Princess Leia came out. And yeah, <laughs> seeing that book and going, hmm, not sure about this one. <laughs> Don't know if I'll pick it up. And now how I, how I wish that somebody had yelled, hey, there are space witches in that. Then I would have picked it up in a second and I would yeah. have been on board the uh, witches of Dathomir Night Sisters train from from their beginning in the in the EU. Obviously, I know they get uh, reworked into the Night Sisters we know in in the canon of Clone Wars. But no, I, I, in, in 2011, I was keeping up with Star Wars mostly by checking the toy aisle at mm-hmm. Target. I've told said a bunch of times that's how I've found out that Maul was back. I was like, wait, what? what what's up with these legs? Why is he in a two-pack with Kenobi? Uh, I didn't see Night Sister or Mother Tall's in action figures because there weren't enough of them. Um, so I, I knew, I guess I knew Asajj Ventress from the uh, 2D Clone Wars yeah. back in, in 2005. So I knew she was in the show, but I didn't understand the whole history um, of of who the Night Sisters were. So I did that watch of the Clone Wars, watching it all together in about uh, 2014 uh, when I first moved to Los Angeles. And this is one of the arcs that, that blew me away. Um, yeah. the, the first couple seasons of Clone Wars are kept being, uh, you know, things that are like, oh, actually, that's pretty great. Oh, actually, that's pretty great. And then by season three, it was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I've been missing out. And this is one of the arcs that, that blew me away, I think. Um, Asajj Ventress suddenly moving from really fun, charismatic femme fatale tropes to mm. this tragic, grounded, used and abused figure. 
uh, but has this proud history and has this strength to try to redefine herself. Uh, it, it was just amazing. And then on top of it, the all of the uh, Star Wars pulling so directly from these various horror ideas, both the the fun, pulpy surface of horror and honestly with, with witches, the, the depth of this is one perspective to talk about the experience of women, you know? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, a lot of great stuff there. Uh, yeah, not a bad answer for someone who didn't see it in 2011. Though, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and I, I too, I, I again was watching the Clone Wars, but I, I looking back, I think I had one eye on the series, right? It, it, and I've I've talked about, you know, post Revenge of the Sith. I just kind of felt it was all done, anyways. Suddenly there was a the cartoon is out. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but I, I loved it. Right. And, and, and I remember being told that hey, check it out. And I think I definitely was there for more of the pew, pew, pew side of it. And, and the clones fighting. I, did, I like that fighting in the star Wars. And so with this episode, along with a lot of things around this time, it was, I had one eye on it. <clears throat> so it wasn't like I, I didn't fully understand it. Uh, didn't engage with it and had a little bit of uh what now you're telling me there's witches in star Wars. I don't know about that. <laughs> I had a little bit of that vibe. Uh, and obviously now getting a chance to revisit it, not even just on the Clone Wars report, but even uh, uh, 2016, 17, 18 range when I was watching a lot of the episodes again. Yeah, you just see a lot of what's there. You pick up um, what, what Katie Locus and everyone is putting into this character. Uh, you're so right, Joseph. She's a great character in in, in the 2D stuff. She's, she's uh, a cool uh, Star Wars villain, right? We like mm-hmm. our cool red saber growling uh, fighting villains. And now she just becomes an actual character by this point. And there's so much into it. And that that hug, that embrace by Mother Talzin, Ventress returning to some sort of version of home, mm-hmm. uh, some sort of version of comfort, which also is not necessarily the, the final stop of, on her journey uh, and, and where she goes. Uh, I love all that stuff. And then those those them their witches uh, are so much more than uh, than some kind of, uh, uh, um, you know, just a, a, a trope. And, and you're right, Joseph, there's a lot to the tale of um, witches and, and uh, who's considered witches and, and the Salem witch. All those things we grew up with, all the all the boring history that maybe you overlooked as a kid. There's <laughs> so much more meaning to it. And uh, I can tell you, some sharing a house with a, a known witch. It's, it's changed my view on it here. Um, so I think that's part of what I love about these episodes. And, and it's a lesson of, 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 uh, letting not just Star Wars grow with you, but you growing, uh, at catching up to Star Wars is mm-hmm. a lot of what I think of when I think of these episodes here. Uh, and you mentioned it too, Joseph, I was going to ask how we, how we felt about the Night Searchers being pulled into canon. And, and I too, I own somewhere in my storage shed is a copy of the courtship of Princess Leia that I think has a bookmark about six pages into it, because that's when I stopped reading. No disrespect yeah. to anyone who loves those books. Yeah. Uh, that's about the time I started pulling out of uh, the EU stuff. Uh, Trista Bakura, of course, of Princess Leia. They just didn't work for me. But I, too, am ashamed that I did not understand. And it wasn't until years later uh, that I uh, learned uh, that uh, the Night Sisters essentially emerged from that. That Jen, that's kind of that kind of... Good reminder that uh, I shouldn't be tossing out the EU as easily as, as I may have in the past. Yeah. Oh, you got further than me. I think I was on page three. And after years of lugging that book around, one day I was like, I'm going to donate it to Goodwill. And Oh, no. Oh, man, I wish I had it back. Because yeah. if, yeah, I didn't know at the time that there were, that that was the origin of the Night Sisters, the witches of Dathomir. And had I known that, uh, that would have sold me and I would have gotten further than page like two or three. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 
That's that's crazy. Yeah, and, and Joseph did, did uh, in your story. When did you? I know you didn't know then. Um, how how recent? Because uh, I it was relatively recent within the last couple of years that I connected those dots. Yeah, I think uh, some probably Q and A or some news story or some deep dive mm-hmm. of the Clone Wars caused me to really make sure that I understood a little bit more of the history. Maybe a Star Wars dot com article, and yeah, somewhere in the last you know five or six years did I understand where they came from that they didn't just uh, spring fully formed uh, from the two D Clone Wars series or from the animated series, uh, mm-hmm. the the you know three D animated Clone Wars. Yeah, it's only in the last couple of years that I learned a little bit more about their their history because they do feel just totally fully formed and mm-hmm. and new in mm-hmm. the Clone Wars three uh, D animated series. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. There's a round of this discussion here talking about the legacy of this arc. I think I've shared some of the personal legacy of uh, look under the look under the hood of the car and maybe <laughs> take some time with these stories here. It's one of the reasons we uh, always love to engage with what's presented to us and and, and, and discover a little bit more of the meaning and the themes behind the art uh, because uh, I, I overlooked this for so long of just being, uh, I don't know, some witch story in Star Wars, but uh, Jennifer, what's part of uh, the legacy of this arc that you love and, and, and why you consider it uh, your favorite arc in the Clone Wars? Yeah, two things. And similar to, to what you're saying is that, you know, the reason why I have I all catch myself between, you know, lambasting something or saying, oh, that's not for me. It's because for a long time I did that. Oh, the Star Wars Rebels. Nah, you know, and what happens is, is that with time, things happen. My tastes change and I revisit it and I'm like, I love this. And that kind of happened with the Clone Wars is at first I thought it was a kid's show. And then I saw this arc and went, it is not. This is for (laughs) everyone. And this has some fantastic storylines. For me, the legacy, specifically with Mother Talzin, the reason why I love her so much is because she is a mother in every sense of the word. She is Um, you know, nurturing. She cares about Ventress. She gives her a place, right, to belong. She wants to protect her clan, but is to what extent, to the extreme of it. And it takes what it is to be a mother and just magnifies it and blows it out. Mm. And I love that, that she's ruthless and she uses dark side magic and witchiness to protect her clan. Oh, it's just... It's incredible. It's like cathartic to watch it. Um, and I love the Night Sisters because they're like dark side ninjas and they're cool <laughs> costumes and cool weapons. It's just like, you know, they're not in like some crazy armor or anything. They just yeah. they just have the, like this ability and their fierceness. And yet they still look really freaking cool. Um, there's just so much I love about it. Uh, I just in the way that it's the visuals and the red colors of Dathomir, all of it. Fantastic. Love that. We, we started this episode talking about fourth grade and building uh, missions out of sugar cubes. Fourth grade was also the year I wanted to be a ninja. It was all the craze. It was all the craze. If you were there, you'd know. Uh, weird time. But I love what you're saying, Jen. Yeah, especially the Mother Tosin of it all. I Look, I would love, here's the challenge I would have. Tony Gilroy, you get to do more Star Wars. You want to do more Star Wars? Great, but it's got to be the Night Sisters. You have to do it. <laughs> what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? Uh, yeah, Joseph, uh, you've said some wonderful things already about the legacy of this arc, but uh, some closing comments on the Night Sisters of Death. Yeah, I think Mother Talzin just as a character, I so agree with Jennifer. I think there's the aesthetic, there's the, the weird double uh, voice that goes on with her that's just so like classic, you know, horror. Um, and the, and I always love like how much magic is she giving to the tatters of her dress that float upward? Like, <laughs> is, is that a fan or is she constantly using some dark side magic to make her 
her yeah. outfit be yeah. a little creepy. There's just so much aesthetically about her that's so great. And then there's this, this depth of, um, it's fascinating what we know about the Night Sisters in Mother Talzin, and it's fascinating what we don't entirely know that mm-hmm. I think that adds to the horror element if we don't entirely understand uh, their history and their legacy. I love that we kind of find them in a place where they are living their life. And, and when Asajj comes back to Dathomir, Mother Talzin's really kind of saying, like, you, 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 you're not a Sith. You're not going to be a Sith. They, of course, used you and then rejected you when they thought you were too powerful. Now come home. Now be this. And, and Asajj is still kind of wrestling with, can I do that? Can I just come home and be a night sister? Because they kind of stay here. And mm. I've been used to being out in the world. And I think that's where a lot of the fascinating dynamics and a lot of the legacy comes in is the night sisters as we meet them are mostly on death. mother Talson's maybe doing some spells every once in a while. And she's been crossed <laughs> to try to get out, but it's really Palpatine who kicks off the whole thing of like, I want to use these women for their power. I took them all from them. Uh, yeah. Dooku took Asajj, you know, in a roundabout way from them. But now these women that I wanted to use have too much power. So I'm going to try to take that away from them, even when they're, for the most part, just leaving me alone, you know, and that's where I think it gets into really interesting dynamics about fear and the cycle of fear and, you know, everything goes on with the test of the night brothers and uh, it could go on and on. I think it's a really, really complicated and and fascinating arc. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So much there. I love what you're both saying there. And yeah, just the Palpatine of it all. And I love that Talzin's kind of, you know, got a little bit of a running history of being a little bit of a problem for old Palpatine there. Yep. And, and it's just what it means for him, his ultimate uh, evil and his thirst and quest uh, for power. Uh, it's all powerful there. So if you're listening and you haven't uh, taken a dive into the Night Sisters arc, go for it. Take a deep dive. Take a deep dive into Clone Wars. Take a deep dive into Rebels. Uh, experience uh, it all again for the first time if you need to. And as I said before, we'll, uh, we'll uh, throw out that uh, Jedi Beat episode that Jen did. Man, Jen, I don't want to say how many years ago. Probably too long for us to, to want to hear how long you, you, you did it. Wow. But uh, it is there. And it's uh, it's uh, some of my uh, favorite Force Center content there. Uh, uh, Jen's look at Katie Lucas and her uh, contributions to Clone Wars and uh, this arc in particular. So that is it for this week. Star Wars news, Star Wars history. We have got a full year in front of us. Movies, conventions, travel. New show. Oh, we are uh, kicking off 2023 in a nice calm way for the fun that's going to come later here. All right. We're out of here on Twitter, Force Center Pods, where you can follow us. Hive Social, Force Center. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We are on Instagram and YouTube as well, as you mentioned up top. We'd love to have you subscribe over there. Figure Fights comes to you in February. Stay tuned for that. Podcast available on Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. Just search. You'll find us. Merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And patreon.com slash Force Center is where you can support us directly if you so choose. Follow me at Ken Knapsack. Go to my website, KenNapsack.com, for more information on all the things I do, including my new show, The Blathering, dropping next week on my uh, podcast feed, uh, now called The Knapsack Network, because, uh, you know, why not just put my name everywhere, I guess. I <laughs> uh, and more information on shows coming. Uh, Jen, where can they follow you? That's important. Put your name everywhere. Get it out there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to share my social media at Jennifer Landa, which is pretty much any social media site that's uh, in existence <laughs> right now. I think I'll get back on Be Real. I heard that's really popular with the youngsters. Um, <laughs> Be Real? Oh, you, yep. Yeah, this is yeah. my first time hearing about it. <laughs> really? 
Oh, it's it's pretty cool, but except it prompts you like throughout the day where you have to like take a picture of your of yourself, uh, and then it takes a picture of whatever you're looking at or experiencing. So, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm if you have a really exciting life, it's really cool. For me, it'd be like me watching my kids all day. So, uh, yeah, and TikTok at Jennifer Landa eleven thirty eight, and that's about it. And I'll be getting back to uh, making content, video content soon. <laughs> soon, soon, soon. All right. I've learned something that I'm not going to get involved with. All right. Good stuff. Uh, Joseph, where can I find you? You can find me on all the social media except the ones I don't know about, like Be Real. Uh, I'm not on post yet either. But besides that, uh, find me on Instagram, uh, TikTok, uh, Tumblr, Twitter, still uh, all those places. Uh, you can also check out my YouTube page. You can just search on YouTube for Joseph Scrimshaw. There's also a, a link to all of our YouTube pages at the bottom of that Force Center YouTube page. I got more stuff coming soon and more details on that coming soon. So thanks to everyone who's joined me over there. Thank you all. Thank you all. New year, same us, but new fun toys on the way here, quite literally. Uh, Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time here on Force Center. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.